episode 21 of Corn Syrup, a hard podcast. I'm Tyler. And I'm Jamie Lee Curtis. What's going on, guys? What's up, Mike? How you doing, man? My name's Jamie. I just said it. Hey, Jamie. How are you? It's good. Dude, it's been a while, man. I feel like we've uh, missed a lot of shit. There's a lot of stuff going on that we've missed. Yeah, no kidding. And I miss you. I missed you too, man. How, how have you been? I mean... Any personal shit going on? No, nothing important. Same with me. Nothing, nothing important. Just good to be back at the theater. I know you and I have... I know that you and I have drugged our... Uh, not drugged them, but we dragged them to the movie theaters yeah. to see some, you know, a few movies with us. The old ball and And we chains. also drugged them too, but... <laughs> That's a different story. That's a different podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, cheers to summer, man. It's been a long time since cheers. we recorded. Cheers to uh, movies being back in the theaters. That's something else. I guess people thought that we were canceled from our yeah. sexist comments of the last podcast, but no, yeah. we are. I assure you, we are not canceled. Yeah, we're just busy people, but we're yeah. back at it, and we we got a, a lot of stuff we want to cover here. We're gonna play a little fun game at the end here. My uh, my friend Miguel here got a the uh, is it Shout Factory, Mike? The new Friday Thirteenth box set. So, Shout Factory is the one that released it. Um, I I got this off Amazon, and I kind of wish I got it off Shout Factory because. If you buy it off Shout Factory, you get a poster, and what I'm referring to is the Friday the 13th box set. Uh, it was released last October, I think October 13th, which was a Friday. Um, it's an awesome fucking set. It comes with every movie. Uh, it's what, there's 12 movies now. Yep. comes with an extra disc uh, for uh, features. comes with a little booklet and just a fucking awesome cover. I'm looking at it right now. I'm getting so hard looking at it. Really cool. Um, so we're going to do a draft. What's so funny? So we're going to do a draft. Uh, there's uh, 14 pieces that me and Ty will pick from. Someone will have the first pick. Next person will pick second and third. And then we'll... Sir. Sw- and then we're going to ask you guys who has a better draft and who has the better movies. And we're going to go over the features and all the shit that goes along with it. So in the, in the fantasy sports world, they call this a snake draft. Yes, yeah, so this is a snake draft. With this Friday Thirteenth lawsuit going on, man, it's it, like this is kind of what this is what it is right well, I'm now. Shocked, with Friday Thirteenth, yeah. I'm, I'm shocked that they were able to come out with a box set like this. Uh, you know, because the lawsuit is between like Paramount and New Line and Sean Cunningham. It's Sean Cunningham and Victor Miller, isn't it? I mean, two guys. Yeah. That... Well, you and I. So Sean Cunningham is actually coming to Monster Mania in uh, Cherry Hill in August, and you and I are going to be at that, and we're going to give him a fucking yeah. taste of our give fucking a piece of our breath. mind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fuck that dude. Just yeah. kidding. No, Sean. Hey, Sean, if you're listening, man, nothing but fun. Uh, I can't wait to meet you. Let's get into it, man. Let's get into, uh, well, the biggest piece of news, really, like... Breaking news, really. I mean... Breaking news. So we're recording this on Friday, July 25th. June 25th, motherfucker. I said July. Yeah, I'm off by a month. So yesterday, the, the Halloween Kills trailer came out. I, you're, you're, it dropped really late at night too. Yeah, it, was like it ten, dropped at like ten thirty. It was after night. ten o'clock. You texted me. I was and I was about to get my my beauty sleep on, and I, I saw a text from my my friend here, and uh, had to go onto the YouTube and uh, yeah, let's talk about it. You, you know, you're more of a trailer guy than me, I think. Traditionally, I really am, and I can even tell you when the 2018 uh, trailer dropped. This trailer actually dropped really late. Um, yeah. In 2018, that trailer dropped the first week of June. You know, and um, we never got a, and we never got um, really any still pictures from that until the day before the uh, that trailer dropped. I, th- I think I want to say it dropped like June seventh or eighth. This one dropped late. You know, here we are, June twenty fifth. Um, it dropped a day ago, so I don't know why they did it so late because the movie's been done for like two years now. But 
Um, yeah, so, but about the actual trailer, uh, you know, it's two minutes and 30 seconds, which is really long. That's what you expect from, like, a Batman, like, Nolan trailer, because, you know, that's a three-hour movie. Uh, this, this shows a lot, to uh, say the least. Mm. It kind of reminded me why I'm not a big trailer guy. Real quick, I don't know if you know any, I don't know if you have any knowledge about this, but I, I, I very briefly watched uh, a, a YouTube video with Cody Leach this morning, and, and he said the trailer was actually leaked. Is that correct? Really? Or, or did they, I thought they released it, but he See, said it was leaked, and then he, he did like one of those trailer reaction videos before yeah, they he, pulled he it. Yeah, he actually went live last night uh like around like 10 or okay 10 10 30 so he, he was doing like a reaction to the trailer because he's always on top of his game yeah yes like he's not as good as us at what we do but uh-huh. he's but at least he's on top of his game yeah um yeah uh i would have no idea because i'm honestly when because when halloween 2018 was announced i feel like i was updating everything every day to see when a trailer would drop when still images would drop mm-hmm this movie, I'm kind of just letting it come to me a little bit. Um, but with that said, I still probably watched the trailer maybe three or four times last night. Okay. As compared to 2018, I watched it three, four hundred times. I watched it once last night, and I'm, I'm going to try to refrain from watching it again. Like, that that's obviously, it's easier said than done. Right. You know, you kind of get the urge to watch it every once in a while. But tell me, tell me your thoughts. It definitely revealed way too much. That's kind of stating the obvious. I've seen a bunch of other people say that, say that on Twitter, too. But man, do they reveal a lot. Like, dude, listen, we all know Michael Myers is going to kill people. Director David Gordon Green already came out and said the body count's going to be pretty high. We don't I need. I think Carpenter said that yeah. it's Halloween on acid. Yeah. We don't need to see. Every kill. These kills. Now, dude. we get it. It's called Halloween Kills. But The uh, biggest thing you and I both agree on, I think is the fact that that trailer could have easily just shown Michael emerging from the flames and not the actual firefighters getting See, murdered. Like, dude, that you know, is something that if you didn't know that that was coming, could have been fucking epic. You're sitting there in theaters watching that for the first time. Yeah. Now you're sitting there in theaters expecting it. Yeah. You know, and... That's, so, a, that's a mistake to me. Right. And kind of what I think about that is, what's your feeling on the ending of Halloween 2018 like it's kind of blah right like you know them in the pickup truck I kind of like I don't get why they didn't show the fire trucks and everything at the end of that movie to kind of show like oh you know because you knew there was gonna be a sequel anyway of course now I guess they weren't as sure you know yeah so they don't want to leave it as open-ended but like it's just a fucking Michael Myers movie you know like you gotta leave that's kind of what Halloween is based on is it was actually a very abrupt ending like it just kind of ended and you're like oh shit that's it and I, that's what I'm thinking is why not just end the original movie, not not the um, original, but the 18 version as with the fire trucks coming and then kind of crying and screaming and then the movie just ends. I feel like that kind of adds a little more, yeah, you know, Agreed. to it. Agreed. But um, so that's kind of my first problem with it. Not that I have that many problems with it, but I'm just going to nitpick at some shit. Um, yeah, and the trailer, the, the opening scene of the trailer where... The two firefighters go in. You kind of see how Michael um, escapes because the guy falls through in the kitchen, I guess it seems like. And yeah. now the basement's open, so Michael's able to come out. Now, if now if you show that, that's fine. I don't get why they should have seen... So Okay, so where it should have ended was Michael walking out with the pickaxe, I, I think he had. Yep. And then end. That's, that's badass. Totally agree. And then with all the firefighters just staring at him and looking at him. They kept going. 
but then they just they show him kill literally every firefighter. Yeah. You know, like you gotta know when to end it, and you know, for a trailer that's two minutes and thirty seconds, there's nothing wrong with having a trailer that's a minute and fifty seconds. Yeah. They 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 could have trimmed out forty seconds of this trailer easily, and it would have left us still just as happy, just as um, excited, and but without us expecting so much when we see it in October. What did you like about the trailer? I, I, I will say that, so, like, we already kind of knew this was coming. David Gordon Green hinted at uh, this movie sort of being Haddonfield versus Michael. Yeah. So you definitely got a sense for that in, in mm-hmm. the trailer where, like, the town is ganging up. Right. Um, I, I, I like that aspect of it because it makes sense, right? Like, of course, the town would gather together, protect their town, protect right. their people. So I, I think that came across well, pretty good in the trailer. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that, that that should be a pretty interesting, fun aspect of it, I think. Yeah, that's definitely cool. Like, you've never really seen that in any um, Halloween movie. It's always, like, one crazy person that knows the truth about Michael Myers, and the rest yeah. of the town is, like, oblivious. Well, you um, got Even t- though he's killed, like, you know, like, hundreds of people. You got, like, a really dumb taste of it in part four, where, like, the guy's from the bar. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, okay, yeah. So, like, only these drunk assholes are the only ones yeah. that are taking it serious. But... And they shoot that one guy dead, and they never talk about <laughs> it's him. Ted Hollister, Earl. <laughs> so, we get a glimpse of uh, uh, Tommy Doyle, Lindsay Wallace, uh, and uh, Lonnie yeah. Elam. That's a great... Casting hire with uh, Robert Longstreet. He, yeah. he, he and he kind of has a little line, you know, like a little part in in the uh, trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really like what he says though. If I'm being honest, how he says oh, his victims are are in a straight line right to his house. It's like, do you think Michael would really plan that? I don't know. So here's the thing, dude. And I'll give it someone else another shout out. John Squires from Bloody Disgusting, probably the best horror website out there. Yeah said something like, is that hinting at the supernatural? Like, is that hinting at sort of like what we got from Rob Zombie Halloween 2? And I also got a lot of zombie vibes from this trailer, just from the gore. But when you get to the super, to the, like the super natural aspect of what we're just talking about. And then, um, there's a line that Lori says that kind of like confirms that, I think, where she's like, the more he kills, the more he transcends. Uh, Wow. And she says that. I didn't it's catch that. It's kind of like, well, now we're kind of like looking at some like Curse of Michael Myers shit right here. What do you think about that? Do you do you welcome that? I mean, it, it, if if they treat it the the right way, yeah, but but because they but the, but like this is a movie that um, ignored every fucking sequel and just based it off the original, which is about as normal as a slasher movie as you can get. The one it's for so me, basic, yeah. It really got back to the basics, exactly. Yeah, but now, but now they're suddenly just injecting steroids into it, and now yeah. it's like, what is he super? I mean, like, like we obviously know that he's superhuman. No sure. fucking person could take right. six bullets fall off, you know. So like, that's fine. But then now you got the characters talking about how he's transcending with every kill he get, he does. Can I be honest though? I'm kind of intrigued by it. It can be intriguing because and, it, because it's not Rob Zombie. Yeah, you know. So like, I I think we have more creative, better filmmakers here mm-hmm. with David Gordon Green and you know Danny McBride returning and, and everything like that but I, like I'm, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about the whole supernatural thing they're not going to overdo it like Zombie did with like his wife appearing as a f- angel or something hey that's Michael Myers mom <laughs> yeah. no but of course he had to find a role for his wife to his be wife, involved yeah, sure, somehow yeah. she's in every fucking movie yeah. he does 
Um, What's your favorite Easter egg from the trailer? Because there's there's a few. Uh, there's a, well, there's the obvious one with the Halloween three mask. Yeah, on the carousel. Or I'm kind of more curious as to see who the victims are mm-hmm. um, underneath that mask. Um, here's a here's a question for you. Could it be the little kid from the first one? That's what you know. I was looking at the comment section and um, what's his name, man? Julian. Julian. Thank you. I don't I don't think so because they kind of looked like adults to yeah. late teenagers. Right. But I do think his parents are killed. If you, if you remember in that movie, um, his mom is dressed as a nurse when they're leaving for the Halloween. You know, that's when Michael goes on his little killing spree. Mm-hmm. And then he sees that house and his parents are walking out. And his mom is dressed as a nurse. And in the trailer, he's pulling a, a nurse out of a car. And, it, and it's a black lady. Mm, there you go. Uh, I think he kills his parents. And now I think the Halloween ends. It's going to be all about Julian lifting weights, fucking getting ready to get revenge on Michael Myers. <laughs> and it's going to be called Michael Myers or um, Halloween 3, the revenge of Michael Myers. Michael versus Julian. That sounds good. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what else did you catch in the trailer? Uh, I really like the ending of it uh, with uh, Judy Greer. Uh, her character name is slipping my head right now. Karen? Karen, yeah. Yeah. Basic ass Karen. Oh, yeah. Karen. Speaking of which, we we should talk about that. Oh, baby. That 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 trailer made my fucking hairs on my neck raise up. Uh, so so we'll get back to that. So Karen, uh, I really like. It's kind of the last like thirty seconds of the trailer. It kind of seems like all of Hatfield is surrounding a house, which I will assume is Muckles' childhood house, or it just might be a random house that he just killed someone in. Uh, but she has his mask. And she's saying, if you want your mask, you come and get it. And, you know, a unmasked Michael Myers will always intrigue me. Which we got um, a lot of in, in, in the first movie. But uh, we never actually got a, you know, a still image, you know, a good yeah. shot of his face. It was always kind of side angles. I'll tell you what I love about it. Uh, Allison, played by uh, Andy Matichak, oh. and uh, Karen, played by Judy Greer, they... they I think they're gonna be. Re- you do. You think that they take the. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I, I and I thought Allison was going to anyway. Andy Matichak. Yeah. I really thought like the mantle was gonna be passed. Do you think? Well, there's you, people saying that she might die in this movie. That's what I was just true. I think she might, dude. I mean, it kind of makes sense to have the third chapter with. Really her. should because I think, and I've said this millions of times. If Michael Myers really wants someone dead, then he would kill them because yeah. um, after a while, it just turns into like a to, into like a Tom and Jerry skit. Sure. Like, you know, Michael Myers is going to kill a 65-year-old woman. Yeah. You know? Especially because he's back. Especially because, like, she's hunting him, too. It's not like she's running from him. She's actually hunting him. Yeah, she's no longer protecting herself. She's vulnerable Mm -hmm. outside of her house and everything like that. Yeah, man, I... So I, I, that's probably my favorite part about the trailers. It really looks like Judy Greer and Andy Matichak are There's really not a lot of her in, in this movie. There's really not a lot of Laurie Schroed. In the like, trailer. You kind of see her in like the, in like the hospital. She's like, she like gives herself that shot yeah, yeah. to get ready. But would that tell you that maybe she dies maybe middle of the movie? I would be on board with it, dude, because I just think like... Because there are right ways to do it and wrong ways to do it. Like the wrong way to do it is what... Uh, a resurrection did. Oh God! Yeah. Obviously, like that was just like clearly like a contract thing, you know. Yeah, whatever. Right, she right, right. she had to be in a movie. Yeah. You know this if if they give her like a good death, then I don't think fans would be pissed off at all. After the trailer, are you more excited, less excited, or the same? I'm gonna, you know, and at the end of my notes, like I know I kind of said some stuff I don't like about, it, but I'm still so fucking stoked for yeah. for this movie, man. Um, 
it kind of just makes me more weary of I'm going to assume that there's going to be a second trailer that drops maybe in August because that's when the the second trailer for Halloween uh, 2018 dropped in August. I I may just steer clear of, of that completely. Okay. Yeah. But I will say I'm probably still the same. I don't okay. Th- so I'm... Because what made me most hyped about this movie is seeing like the casting, was seeing that there's going to be Tommy Doyle, Lindsay Wallace, you know, all them people that we know from the first movie back in 1978. Um, so I do feel the same. I, it's not a movie I feel less about, more about... I'm still so fucking stoked to see it. Yep. I'm right there with How you, about, man. Yeah, same. Same thing. I... I, I, there's part of me that wishes I didn't watch the trailer, but I, you know, yeah, if I'm being too. honest with myself, I know that that wasn't possible. It's obviously I'm like gonna those, watch it. Like, like, like the second you see that link, you're clicking on it. It's, yeah. I just the the thing with the kills doesn't make any sense. I don't know why you would spoil. And even and you were mentioning with uh, she, so that black lady that gets the she's impaled in the throat with like a pipe or something. Yeah. Right. It's like a broken light, uh, but okay. she's she's the graveyard keeper in uh, eighteen. So like she, so she's like a recurring character too. Okay, yeah. And I guess that's her husband, the one that gets yeah blasted through the window and right, right. What'd but you like, say? but like they don't have to show that. Yeah, that's that's another part of the trailer. I was like, why are you showing me all this? <laughs> like because it's not showing. Like you can you can put out a trailer for a slasher where you think you think people die. Mm-hmm. But they don't actually show the whole kill. Right. Like they literally they, show they him impale her in the throat, throat and die. Right. So I just don't get it. Like there's there's a there's a more subtle way to go about it. But whatever. I mean, it, sometimes I forget that this movie was supposed to come out last October because 2020 yeah. was such a weird freaking year. But, but goddamn, yeah, I cannot that. wait, man. Right now we would be talking about the Halloween Ends trailer. It's insane, dude. It's insane. But I but I will tell you this actually so. For Halloween Kills, I feel exactly the same, but I think this actually, I think this trailer excites me more for Halloween Ends. Seeing maybe, you know, they pass the torch on to. And because the whole trailer, they're kind of talking about, like, we're going to kill Michael. This is the night he dies. I'm like, well, no, it's not because there's going to be another movie. You've yeah. already announced it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm I'm not more excited. I'm de- I'm definitely not less excited. That would be silly. But, yeah. but I'm but I'm, I, I'm right there with you. I'm just as, as excited. Um, and geez, I can't wait, man. I'll probably see it a couple times in theaters. I'm sure you will too. Well, yeah. Uh, so most movies are out on Friday. Uh, I, I know the last movie that they showed it Thursday night and that's, and that's when I saw it and I'm pretty sure that's when you saw it too. So yep. I'll, I'll definitely be there Thursday night. Absolutely, man. Uh, let's get into a couple you know, we're back in the swing of things here with summertime movies are back in theaters. Thank God. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've seen a few recently. We'll start with you. I you saw some movies that you wanted to see that I wasn't crazy about. I I saw a movie that I wanted to see that you weren't crazy about. So yeah, it kind of works out good. That's true. Correct. Yeah, yeah. It's a good way to put. It. Let's start with the let's start with the one we both saw. Let's start with a quiet place too, man. So with the best one, the best one, easily. Great fu- oh my god. So when we did our Rotten Tomatoes uh, predictor episode, I don't know what was that a couple months ago, maybe Mike. I don't uh, remember. Like last week of April, probably. Okay. So yeah, I mean, we were we were both thinking that this movie would be good but nowhere near the first right that was the general consensus yeah. between the two of us all i mean dude what what more can you say other than john krasinski pulled it off like he knocked it out of the in park. a resounding way pretty impressive that's to say the least he he yeah. was it's, it's a great fucking movie i mean 
I mean, so I'll go back to our last episode. I said this would get a 70% by the critics and 70% by the audience. It's a lazy way to do it, but that's what I said. And was I fucking off? It's got 91% from critics, 93% from fans. It made $225 million at the box office. Yeah. A movie in the middle of a pandemic made fucking that. That is insane. Um, I couldn't find what the budget was, but I'm sure there's just absolutely, you know, and that's not counting what this movie is going to make on VOD, which is on, which is, you know, I'm pretty sure, but it's also a movie meant to be seen in theaters. Mm. Like if this was your first movie back after a year and a half and you saw it in theater, like this is the first movie you saw in theaters, like welcome the fuck back. It definitely benefited from great casting and Killian Murphy, friend of the podcast. I think we mentioned his name every we single time. We should just podcast. like rename our podcast to Killian Murphy. The Killian Murphy, Killian Murphy syrup. But no, nah, I mean he's like great, great casting because like he's just a dude that I don't even know that many people really know Killian Murphy unless you really love movies like me and you do. But whenever you see him in something, you know he steals the, the scene. The movie's gonna be better because he's in it. Right. No matter how the movie could be awful, but it's gonna be better with him in it. Uh, so great casting. He's amazing in this. Um, the the deaf girl whose name is escaping me. Her the name of her character. Her name is Millicent Simmons. Thank you. Yeah. So like, and her, she's deaf in real life. Oh, I know. Yeah. They're crazy. Her, her whole storyline with Killian Murphy in this movie is great. I think. Yeah. She uh, took. I mean, she she was given um, a lot in 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 the first movie, but yeah. th- but they upped it up for her character, which she kind of had to, you yeah. know, after what happened at the end of that mo- of the first movie, and yeah, she she was awesome. Dude, how good! I told Chelsea this after. I think I texted this to you too, but I told Chelsea after we saw the movie the the opening sequence in that movie for the the day one flashback yeah. i could watch that all day like that right. is one of, that's one of my favorite openings i've seen in a very long time yeah i i have it as the best opening scene or it's probably the best scene i've seen in in a, a movie theater since and i was trying to like yeah. like think back of it maybe like the dark knight like with the scene with the Joker, maybe like honestly, I'm I'm going back like no, ten years. I'm I'm with you. Like man. I I haven't, and that's the first ten minutes of the movie. Like it's so riveting that first opening that opening scene. Um, what was it? What is it about watching John Krasinski and Killian Murphy watching like a little league baseball game? And, is it but, because you know there's impending doom? Is yeah, that what it is? And like the way it starts with day one, because and like it makes you like look back at the first movie and how like genius like that is how the how that movie just starts off on day like you know four hundred. Yeah. And you never saw how it actually started. And, you know, it made me think, like, they they probably could have done a sequel that was just strictly a prequel. And it would have been fine, but there's really no need to if you know, you know, who's going to live the whole time. And Right. So they, they, they fit a movie that, or so, so they fit an opening scene that could have been a great two-hour-long movie into ten minutes. And it's just fucking awesome. There's action, and you're just on edge for the first, and, like, there's nothing happening during the baseball scene when he's picking when he's at the grocery store. Dude, it's just rib- it like you you your your attention and your everything you are glued to the, to the screen. Yeah. In that first opening sequence. Like exactly, like even him just going into the store and like what did he buy an And he's he going like back into or- the pharmacist and or in into the pharmacy and you know that's the scene that comes back. Yeah. That's pretty much the, the scene that ultimately kills his son because I I think they even show the a toy that's on the on the shelf. Dude, I really think an opening scene like that is what separates the, the great filmmakers from just the good ones. Where, right. like, you could have easily started the movie just picking up where the first one left off. Mm. 
Instead, they went back and had that opening sequence, that flashback, and right. my God, it, like it just for and me see, for me it just made the entire experience. It made the rest of the movie better because right. I got so jacked up from that opening sequence. Yeah, right. It's the perfect way to start a uh, horror sequel. It's probably a perfect way to start a movie in general. Mm. You know, but we already know what the opening sequence in um, Halloween Kills is going to be. <laughs> it's like yeah, okay, so there's Seriously. no you know, like yeah. there's nothing exciting. You know, I'm going to have to wait now when I see that movie in theaters for the next scene because I I know what the fuck's happening. Mm -hmm. It's so good, man. Uh, There's something about these movies where the intensity is just incredible. And I I, I really didn't know if they were going to be able to really duplicate the intensity from the first one. But, I mean, they... No, they were. I mean, what I liked most about this movie is, like, it shows the kind of life that these people have to live now. Like, Like, they just... So, like, you got a family that's basically in mourning, like, because it takes place right after the original, like... Yeah. And, you know, and, like, but they don't have time to mourn. Like, they got to live their own fucking life and, like, survive. kind of shows how hard, you know, it it, it shows kind of... No, I know what you're saying. Like, it, it really puts things into perspective. And also... And the kid gets a fucking I was just bear say, trap. I was just going like, to say that. I didn't see that. And like, you can't even cry about it because that's another. Die. That's another thing that blew my mind, dude. Like the things that they're actually putting these people through, which are very realistic if you yeah. were in that post-apocalyptic world. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, dude. Like when it comes to post-apocalyptic movies, like they are, they are just... Like... I, there's going to be a third like one, Like those right? were kids that just saw their father die, but they can't sit there. Like no. they got to literally move and <laughs> keep going. With a baby. With a, yeah, a newborn, with a newborn baby. baby. And yeah, I mean, I'm... So, supposedly, they never wanted to make a sequel, but the first one was such a smash hit. And if he came up with this just at the top of his head, like, good for him, man. It's, I mean, it's incredible. John Krasinski can make a good fucking horror movie. It's incredible that they didn't want to make a sequel. He's yeah. like the white Jordan Peele. I was going to ask you, I mean, do you think... Obviously, you don't know, but like... I, I hope he sticks around, man. I mean, Jordan Peele is sticking around. I hope Krasinski does, too, to, to, to some degree. And, like, and, yeah, I hope he makes movies, but, like, make horror movies, man. Like, yeah. like horror movies are hard to make nowadays. They're, it's hard to find a good one. But, dude, he's seen... he managed to make two. And he's seeing firsthand that they're profitable. Yeah. Oh, people will <laughs> It's not about out. the money. I mean, like, he's going to make money. If you see our podcast, like, like, we're making hundreds and thousands. Yeah. Like, like, there's money in horror. Yeah, look no further. I mean, but seriously, like... And, and like these are these are PG thirteen horror movies, and you and I talk a lot. Is about, that PG thirteen? You don't think it's PG thirteen? It I think it's rated R. Is it rated R? Quiet like, places are for yeah, scares or something like sure. that. Okay. I might have to fact check. I'm, well, there's no language. Well, she does show her tits in the second one. Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt shows her tits in the movie. It's a joke, dude. Oh God, I was gonna say I missed that part. No. So like, damn, dude. I I would not have missed that. Oh yeah, that sex scene with uh, Killian Murphy. Yeah. Oh yeah, and you see Killian Murphy's dick. It's the second time you saw his dick in that movie. Twenty eight days later. Yeah. Classic. That yeah. guy loves to show his dick. Anyway, <laughs> really good movie. But we'll move on to uh, a movie that you saw. I did not see the uh, the latest uh, Saw edition. It's called Spiral. What do you think? And they always have to say the Book of Saw because yeah. You know, all these studios think, just assume that their audience are fucking stupid. So they always have to add, like, the title of the previous movie to 
By the way, dude, I watched six Saul movies in preparation for, for our Saul rankings that we never. I want to blame did. Saul for the reason why we've been on such like a, like a six week absence. That franchise broke me, man. That that was supposed to be our next episode, and like me and Ty were just like, oh yeah, we'll do it Wednesday. Yeah, we'll do it Wednesday. We'll do it Wednesday, and we're just like, fuck you. We're not doing it. That franchise nearly broke me. It nearly broke it, me. It made me, me and Tyler not talk for almost two months. <laughs> that fucking franchise. It's not a franchise I hate, but I'm, it's it's not a franchise I'm a fan of. I wouldn't say it. hate's a strong word. So I mean, I'm going to try and give my a review as very part, you know, as someone who just as I am. I'm not a fan. I don't hate it. And it was the first horror movie I saw in theaters since um, Invisible Man. So this was actually the first one. I, I saw this a week before I saw Quiet Place. That came out. Did, did that come out back to back weekends? Saw and I think they did. Yeah. Okay. Back to back, which gotcha. is not good. They're marketing for Spiral. I mean, they so they had a forty million dollar budget for this movie, which is huge. I mean, Saw Saw movies is like they were shitting them out every Halloween. Yeah. For ten million dollars, maybe for for a budget. Um, this actually made its money back just at the box office, $40 million at the box office, which ain't bad because now it's a big hit on a VOD Yep. and I'm sure that's kind of what they were banking on. Just kind of make some money at the box office and then get all of your money, you know, from, from that. Um, it's not, it's not a terrible movie. I'll say, um, not good. Uh, when you compare it to the Saw franchise, it's kind of right in the middle it probably sticks out a little bit more from from the gap, from how long it took to make this movie, and obviously the Chris Rock factor. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, I don't hate that. I think Chris Rock was actually decent in it, and I always um, um, appreciate when, if you want to call him an A blister, I I will because I think yeah. like everyone knows who Chris Rock is. That's yeah, fair, yeah. And with Samuel L. Jackson, he's all. So you're really having two A A blisters in this movie. Um, I kind of always appreciate when those type of people get into horror movies because it kind of adds it kind of just boosts it up a little bit more and yeah it pours more and, and it, like it puts more focus on you know it's not like we have to deal with like jared ped ped lucky in the, another horror movie or right some shit um so this movie so it's the ninth movie in the saw uh franchise but it's it's not like heightened like like how you would expect it to be like you think like they'd come back with a bang the most memorable trap, I think, is probably the opening scene, if you see this movie. And after that, it's kind of just blah. I, I think, and in total, there's only like four traps that you see throughout the whole movie. Hmm. So it's kind of like you're watching like Saw 1 again, you know, where it's like, yeah. it's kind of like they're just like focusing more on like characters, like rather than the actual traps, which you're, you know, I'm, I'm not paying 16 bucks to see fucking Chris Rock get a relationship with his father and then maybe get a trap every like 45 minutes. Right. You know, I just want to see people get fucking tortured. For the first edition in the franchise in a long time, and like, especially with including Chris Rock and Sam Jackson, like you would think they would try to, like you said, elevate the franchise. Mm -hmm. But based on what you told me and based on what I read, like it's just another... Like it could have been like the first movie of the franchise. Yeah. Or like they could... It just... um, So basically what you're saying is... It seems so out of place in, in, in the Saw series. What you're saying is they they took no risks, right? It, everything was safe, no. yeah. and there's no kills that made you squeamish or you know make you think about it. like like I I saw Spiral, shit. What was it? Maybe the first or second week of May. So it's been a month, and it's already escaped me. I like literally had to uh, yeah. like think hard and like like with my notes that I have, and it's 
So my, my problem with the franchise is that, they, to, for me anyway, and I'm a very casual Saul fan. Like, I'm, I'm almost pretty much new to the franchise. Mm-hmm. I've only ever seen the first two up until recently. But, like, do you think be, with, with Chris Rock and Sam Jackson, do you think this movie, like, stands out even a little bit? No, I, and it's, like, like I said, like, like what this movie, what stands out is... So what does make it stand out is Chris Rock and Sam Jackson. Yeah. But that's it. There's right. nothing about like if this was you know played by a C-list actor and his father was played by a B-list actor, this probably there there probably would be there probably would be Saw fans to say that this was the worst movie in the franchise because it mm. regressed a little bit. But I do think Chris Rock and Sam Jackson do a decent job, and I do appreciate the fact that they took a risk on the Saw movie. So I'm not going to knock them for that. I do kind of like that it was directed by a guy that's like very involved in the, in the franchise. franchise. Yeah, but. Ah, he, but it sounded like he played it too safe, man. Like, yeah, the, I feel like this was an opportunity to take advantage of Chris Rock and 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 Sam Jackson and do right. something that was at least a little bit different or like risky. And it is different in a way, so I don't want to spoil it for anyone that hasn't seen it. But so oh, yeah. it's a copycat killer, like obviously I think sure. that's what most people can do. But the twist of the movie does suck at the end. So without okay. saying too much. Um, if you're a top billing actor in the movie, like I'm gonna say top five billion, I'm gonna say top four billion actor of the movie, and you're killed off halfway through, and they don't show your death, chances are you're the fucking killer. The writing's on the wall. And granted, you're the and he yeah. ends up being the killer. So I hope I hope I didn't spoil too much, but it's an ending that they like wanted you to you know go oh, but it 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 was very clear like a half hour in who the killer was. So it kind of made you care less about the final two kills in the last hour of the movie. So uh, um, hit, hit me with a grade, man. Whether it be a letter grade, number grade, give me what you got. Let me hit you with for the people that haven't seen it. If you're even if you're a casual Saw fan, I wouldn't rent it right now. It's definitely, and I wouldn't pass on it. Obviously, it's something that you wait for to come to you for for free. Yeah, it's probably worth the ninety five minutes of of your time. Uh, I will. I'll give it a C minus. Well, that's pretty bad. That's uh, bad, you, but you went lower. I thought maybe you were gonna go like C plus. I'm not saying I'm blaming you because I feel like I. Yeah. There's a reason I didn't. It's pay only it. when like you talk about a movie though, and you actually hear hear yourself say why you don't. Because I kind of just just gave you reasons why I don't like it. I gave you very few reasons why I do like. Well, it. Well, you gave it a C minus though. Yeah. So that's understandable. <laughs> so, like I I I, like, didn't, I didn't, it's really just for Chris Rock. Like I think honestly, if Chris if if it was played by. These other losers that are in Saw oh, 1 through 7. I have so many problems with that guy. So yeah, many. He's got, like, like, if you play, like, if Chris Rock were played by some guy with a punchable face who I've never heard yeah. of, this probably would be a D, D plus movie. Yeah. It's, um, there's a reason I didn't go to see it in theaters. I, I kind of knew I wasn't going to like yeah. it. It's, but, it's, uh, something worth seeing on Netflix or Hulu. Yeah. Dude, it'll be, it'll be on HBO Max in, like, the fall. And I'll, and I'll, I'll check it out then. But, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a worth a check out. But yeah. it's kind of sad that this, I assume this will probably be the final movie in the Saw franchise. I don't. I don't think. You think so? I don't know. It's been what uh, I think. Jigsaw came out in 2016. I want to say, I think and that right. was already like a five-year gap. And then this is another five-year gap. I just can't believe um, that they didn't take any risks with this. I mean, you had Chris yeah. Rock, you know, in the arsenal. And, it like had the, been a long time you know, since people saw a Saw when, movie. When we did the score for our last episode, when we did the score, I said this would get. That's 65% from critics. Because I thought they were going to do something different. What'd they give it? 
Uh, they gave it a 36. Wow. The the only thing I got right was the audience score. I said 76, and it ended up being an 80. All right, and I recently saw the uh, the Conjuring three. The devil made me do it. Are you a fan of the the Conjuring movies at all, Mike? Have you seen? I them? am not, dude. I I'm what you call a low IQ person. I'd okay. like knife to your chest and torture scenes. Um, Have you seen them? No, I've I've dude, I haven't seen any of them. Give them a shot, dude. They're, no, look, and they're, I know it's pathetic because I, I run a highly um, successful horror podcast. Uh, I definitely need to check them out though. That's kind of a violation. Well, you say you like low IQ, and I know you're just joking, but but you like Midsummer. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's definitely not low IQ. Yeah, but that's Ari Esther, baby. <laughs> Come on. But no, the uh, the first two are really good, man. I actually think you you'll really like them. Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson are great. Ooh, you Direct. told me I'd like the first two. You got something to say about this one? I do. Okay, well, here's okay. the here's the difference. The first two were directed by James Wan. Ah. Speaking of the Saw franchise, um, and I actually which think ones did he do for Saw again? Just the first one. Oh, right. Okay. I don't. I don't think he directed the second one. I I could be mistaken. No, no, he didn't. That was uh, Darren Lynn Bousman who yeah. who did Spiral. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So James Wan only did the original. And he did the first two Conjurings. They are very, very good. I'm not saying they're like my favorite horror movies ever. No, it's an epic franchise. Yeah. Everything I hear. But it's... they're they're really, really good. And Farmiga and uh, Patrick Wilson are just like the perfect pairing. They're really, really good. And they're actually genuinely scary. And I know like these are, they're like paranormal possession movies, which sounds really bland and like, it's something that's been done. It's been beaten with it. You know, it's beating a dead horse it has at been, this point. And, and I think that's what has thrown me off from it. And, it, and it's a shame because I know there's good yeah, like uh, paranormal movies out there. The, and, the first two are different, man. They, yeah. you know, don't don't look at them like other paranormal movies. They're, okay. they're definitely different, much better quality. Again, you're talking about James Wan. But so this, this one um, was not directed by James Wan. I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head. It was somebody that wrote part of the script for the first two like he worked with james wan mm-hmm. it's the guy that directed the curse of la llorona okay which was it's a, a spin-off right yeah and it okay. was pretty critically panned i had never yeah. seen it so to be honest with you going in my expectations were moderate at best without james wan well that's kind of weird that they would bring him on then yeah after he directed the pan movie but yeah but here's here's the thing like when when the Rotten Tomatoes scores first dropped for this movie like the the week leading into when it came out it was at like an 80 something and there's definitely something funny that goes on with with these Rotten Tomatoes scores mm-hmm. because like by the time I saw the movie like which was like a week after it came out it was in like the 50s really so it's like all the positive reviews were coming out first i i don't i do you ever think there's something funny going on with Rotten Tomatoes scores? Studio people are very powerful people. Yeah. I think they can control that, I guess. Like, especially because when you saw the movie, I mean, like, they make sure all the best reviews are out on Friday and Saturday. And then yeah. all the uh, all the shitty ones will pour out for the rest. Of, and you'll see what the true score is probably by the week after, you know, yeah. or, you know, by Monday. Because Chelsea and I did a podcast on The Conjuring and The Conjuring too. Because she's she's a pretty big fan of yeah. these movies and um, very solid job by Chelsea, by the way. Yeah, and uh, so fucking like, a Chelsea. <laughs> so like at the end of that episode, we were like we were looking at the early Rotten Tomato scores. This was actually before A Quiet Place Two came out too, and that was at like a ninety. And The Conjuring was at like an eighty, and we were like, "Damn, no James Wan," but it looks like the quality's the same. We're in, you know, we're in for a good time here. Mm. And it's not like the worst movie in the world, but it's like 
it, it's like this director took uh, Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson, their two characters, Ed and Lorraine Warren, who are based on real people, mm-hmm. and uh, placed them in like a different possession universe or franchise. Like it did not feel like the first two movies. Really. And I remember, like, I was watching it with Chelsea, and like half an hour in, she turned to me and was like, "This just, this feels different." I was like, "Yeah, this is just, there, there's something not right." Um, and That's it, kind of how I felt with Spiral, really. I yeah, mean, you know how you felt with that. Like, if you watch the first two Conjuring movies and then you watch this movie, it's just, uh, first of all, it's not nearly as scary. Uh, second of all, the first two Conjuring movies, in addition to Farmiga and Wilson they have really good supporting casts. Like, the first two movies are revolved around these two families that the Warrens are trying to help. And they are really good characters, and, like, you get to know them as a family. This movie's not like that at all. It's really just Ed and Lorraine Warren kind of, like, just feel like they're pigeonholed into, like, a franchise that is not even The Conjuring. And it just, it loses a lot of, like, its heart and its, you know, what made the first two really good, in my opinion. Um... And like I said, on top of that, it's not nearly as scary. So, yeah, this movie was disappointing to me, but I wasn't totally surprised to be disappointed by it because, again, James Wan wasn't, was, there. wasn't right. coming back. So, yeah. So, so if you're a fan of the first two Conjuring movies and you haven't seen it yet, do you recommend yeah, renting no. it, waiting for it, or just skipping so it? So it's on HBO Max. Right. So it was in theaters. I didn't see it in theaters. Let's assume that they're not rich like you and don't have HBO Max. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I would. I would. No, I, I really would. I would go see it because I'm not you saying see it in theaters. Yeah, I'm not yeah. saying it's the worst thing in the world. Like it's um, it, it's very run of the mill. Yeah. But dude, like you remember all the possession movies from like when we were kids, like Exorcism, Emily like Rose, the big, and yeah, stuff that, like that. That was a big craze. Like so, we would always get so, so. I think it's when we were in like high school. Was like that. That's when Saw was big. Like every year we'd get. Saw from like 2004 to 2010. We yeah. get one every Halloween, and then it was a paranormal. They got movies from like 2010 and 2017. Here's the thing: The Conjuring Three is still a cut above those movies that we're, that we're talking like about. Like a paranormal, um, yeah, activity. Oh and god, shit and it's it's still so much better than those movies. See, like for but, for but lower, me, they all just kind of just come together, and they're just the same movie. Give and the I, con- and I know I gotta sit down and watch them and not be so. You can honestly skip the third one. But it, but if yeah. you're like if you just want to get a taste of like where I'm coming from like watch, watch the first two Conjuring movies okay. I I honestly think you'll like them I really do okay I th- I think I will T Bone I think thanks, I cheers man. to that thanks man cheers we got some Founders All Day IPA and Tyler makes his own beer it's a pretty good I do make my beer own too. beer we were drinking a dark Mexican lager but we have we're officially we've officially ran out so we've moved on to the IPA you have and, to bring more uh, beer next time. Yeah, cheers, my man. Let, let's cheers. move on. Should we, shall we move on? Let let's me give my con- hold on. Let me give my conjuring grade. Yeah, yeah, don't oh, yeah. Do 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 your conjuring grade. Slow and then down I want there, you buddy. To promote your beer, and then we'll do our draft. <laughs> yeah, I will give the conjuring three a C plus, and I would give the first two like a like a like an A. The first the first one an A minus. The second one oh. a, B, a B plus. Okay. So Good. it's a pretty wow. steep downgrade, but you know. Yeah. You could so do, do so is. They're set up for a fourth Conjuring movie, or do you think that may have killed the franchise, or do you think they'll try and bring James Wan back, maybe? I don't think it killed the franchise. 
Um, it, it wasn't that bad. To maybe like, made them think that James Wan is the answer, though. And, and well, I think they wanted to. I think they wanted James Wan back. Is, I is, just think is, Wan is he is doing me, something now? That's is he doing like the the new uh, Fast and Furious movie or something? Or well, was he, it that him? That he did? made Aquaman. Is he making Aquaman too? I think Aquaman too is. Never saw Aquaman. Me neither, I, I, I lost track he, of that franchise. But he um, made Aquaman, right? He, yeah, he yeah. yeah he's and. He, and I know he's involved with Fast and Furious franchise, so I, yeah. don't, I don't know if he's involved with the new F9. I'm thinking James Wan probably just moved on, but not. He's, he's doing a movie every fucking year, yeah. so. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think it's a franchise killer, but you know, we'll see. It. I. I wouldn't be mad like if they didn't make another one. Because... Well, it was the gap from the third one to the second one. So I think the first one came out in like 2010. I want to say or 11. Yeah. Or, or, or is that even late? No, or was it 13? Oh, I'm just naming off yours. It wasn't too... It wasn't too... 14? <laughs> 15? Hold on one second. No, no, no. It was definitely 2016. Um, I'm, I'm, so I'm the, conjuring, say... the Conjuring 2 is some 16. So you're talking about a five-year gap, which is pretty significant. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Significant, yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. First, first one was from 14, I believe. Was... This is a movie that was affected by COVID? Like, was it supposed to come out? I do think it was supposed to come out last year. Last year, okay. But you're still looking at a four-year gap. Right, yeah. Which is not nothing. It's the um, same as Spiral. Wow, it's almost like they're like the same, like a formula. For we'll Spiral to Conjuring yeah. 3. We'll look at James Wan moved on to Aquaman. I should probably fact check that, but I'm pretty sure James, Ma, James Wan made... Yeah, James Wan did make Aquaman in, in 2018. So, you know, obviously he moved on to, like, the bigger budget stuff, which... I'm sure, and I'm sure they paid him a lot more money. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, man, let's move on to our uh, our little game here with the Shout Factory. I know you didn't buy it from Shout Factory, but it's still the Shout Factory uh, and I, Blu-ray set of Friday so, the 13th. Yeah, so I know we mentioned this earlier. This came out last October. I think they listed it at 160 bucks, And for you and I, that's just way you know, like me me and ty both make like a minimum wage yeah we're pulling on budget like, over here, man. like a, we uh like uh, depend on our wives to I mean, look at us we're, we're making a fucking horror podcast <laughs> this is where all of our money comes from people so you know we have to make a patreon or something yeah um so you know one day ty texted me and said hey on um amazon the friday the 13th blu-ray is down to 110 dollars so i found every penny quarter dime nickel i had in my couch Scrapped together um, $56. I robbed someone that was walking to their car. I got another like $60. And then I bought this. Little old lady, right? It's like Yeah, when, uh, like she, she didn't know what was going on. It's like know? when Jerry robbed the, the old lady for the marble ride. <laughs> right. <laughs> Good call. That's basically what I looked like. Um, but it was worth it. I was able to get, you know, 100 I think I got $113 and this was 110 So okay. I got $3 and that should last me for a couple of weeks. So well, here's what we're gonna do, man. Each movie comes with different features, different bonus stuff, and because you you spent the money, and we are in your humble abode right now. No, we split it. Oh, uh, we yeah, okay. Yeah, we I'm split. Sorry. So we're gonna split seven movies. Or so there's twelve. Yeah, there's twelve movies in total, plus a bonus disc and plus a booklet. So <laughs> booklet. So plus so. Ty will walk away with seven things, and I'll walk away with seven things. And well, look, we're we're in your house. You took the initiative to actually buy it. Thank you for doing that. Of course, I'm gonna. But we I, are drinking your beer. So no, yeah, no, 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 no. It goes both Don't, ways. don't, don't be so humble. I'm gonna give you the first pick in the draft. Uh, maybe I don't want the first pick. Are you gonna defer? I kind of want to flip a coin. I kind of want fate to. Uh... All right, what do we got? Okay, we don't have a coin, but we found a uh, beer cap yeah. here. Works good for me. All right. So, my, my beer cap, may I? I have the cool side. Ty has the gay side. All right. That's All right. it. 
I got the cool side. I I, I will right, take man. I will take the second and third pick. You'll take the second and, and third pick. You can have the first pick, my friend. All right. Here is the box the box the box box set right here. Okay. And um, when you're ready to make your pick, just let me know because I I have some music I'm ready to play. With the first pick in the Friday the 13th box set draft, Tyler Sablik selects Friday the 13th Part 3. Ooh, wow. Let me explain my reasoning here. I'm the general manager. No, please. Yeah, I'm the general manager. Hear, I... First of all, the most interesting thing that stuck out to me throughout all of these DVDs is there is audio footage of Richard Brooker, who has long since passed away. Yeah. Is one of the best Jasons of all time. Some would argue the best. I would argue Ted White, he's but, he's but some may say one Richard of the Brooker. most classic Jasons, without doubt. Um, and he's from um, England, so you'll hear that British accent. Yeah. So I mean, Richard Brooker, the guy's passed away, and he's a, he's a very traditional Jason Voorhees. You went on record of saying that Ted White kind of took the portrayal of Richard Brooker's Jason and just elevated it. Okay. I ha I happen to agree. That's a great point by you. Um, love Brooker. Uh, the first four DVDs, parts one through four, they're all in 4K, so they're going to feel more modern. Love that. And also, I don't know what this means, but I'm very intrigued. It says a new 3D transfer. Friday the 13th, part three, was in 3D in theaters. It says new 3D transfer. Uh, maybe the 3D has been redone, is a little bit more modern. But honestly, more than anything, I like that that commentary from Richard Broker to me. just stood out more than anything in the set. Hey, I... Love that pick, man. I mean, it's a movie that you probably have in the middle of the pecking order when yeah. you were to pick your favorite. So you're, you're really going for the special features and the look of it. And I'll be honest. It's, it's actually cool. a movie I, I've been kind of hard on. I actually think you like the actual movie I, yeah. more than me. You know, and that's something that we talked about is a re-ranking of our top 50. That's what made our podcast. That's probably something that will end our podcast is yeah. how we do our top 50. So... You can pick out your uh, 3D and uh, thank you, sir. That's yours. And All right. I will take the next two picks. So the, yeah, we're we're we'll snake. we're into the snake draft here. All right, we're, so we're, I'm gonna write this down my note. Where you go, man? Ty has Ty has part three. Did I surprise Shot, you? With that? Yeah, yeah, I really did. Yeah. Um, and but. The thing about part three, and you um, open up that cover, and all of the cases for this movie are fucking awesome. There's yes. one case that kind of sucks, and I'll probably get to that. We'll, we'll post a picture of the artwork of the actual set on Instagram and Twitter, because, I mean, just the artwork alone, dude, it's pretty incredible. All right. With the second pick in the Friday the 13th box set draft, I'm going to select... Freddy vs. Jason. Ooh. I get the best of both worlds in this. I was I was I was not far behind. Yep. Yeah. Something you know, if I can hear Robert England talk yeah. and do commentary in a, in a Jason movie, uh, sign me up. Um, I know. So this does have its weaknesses, and I will give that. It's a very current movie. I do. You know, part of me is wishing I could have gone with an older movie because I feel like we haven't seen a lot of those featurettes. Um, but just give me the best of both worlds. I mean, it's it's not the best movie by any means, but I really would love to hear that commentary with Ronnie Yu, Robert England, and Ken Kurzinger, yeah. who is probably one of the worst Jasons, in my opinion. But who really gives a fuck about them? And there's like, deleted scenes, there's alternate scenes, and um, I, I had this as a kid growing up, 
And you know, it's probably one of those DVDs. I have no idea where the fuck they're at right now. But mm. I feel like if I pop this in, it'll almost be the same thing. And that like nostalgia will just come right up. So I'm going to go with Fred, uh, Freddy vs. Jason as my second pick. Good stuff, man. I love it. That that probably would have been my that probably would have been my second fourth pick. pick or yeah. Or, yeah, definitely my fourth pick. Yeah. I'm going to keep it real simple here and just go with the best Friday the Thirteenth movie there is. With the third pick, I go with Friday the Thirteenth: The Final Chapter, you Part bastard. Four. You bastard! I see that lost ending feature, and I yeah. just I just want to have it, man. Um, oh, yeah. It still comes with the 4K scan that Ty was talking about with Part 3. Uh, parts 1 through 4 actually come with the 4K scan. So I'm really excited to see the picture. Um, I'm excited to see Ted White still in action. Still alive today at like, what, 97 years old. I, I have a signed picture of him up in my room. Um, I get audio commentary from Joseph Cito and from screenwriter Barney Cohen and Joel Goodman. Probably not the best, but I don't give a shit. I still get... Uh, well, that lost ending is kind of what is what leaving me the, like the most curious. And even yeah. if the ending sucks, I think I still walk away with the best movie in the franchise, yep. in my opinion. Uh, so I got Freddy vs. Jason in part four, and now we got Tyler with the. And so now we'll we'll go back and forth now from now on. Yep. So I, here we go. I think just for the record, I think you definitely took like what my next two picks would have been. Yeah. So I think those are that, great. That, that makes me feel. I kind of was a little iffy about Freddy vs. Jason. No. I was kind of thinking that they he still might be there. Well, you're talking you're talking about England, who's talking about Freddy, who's talking yeah. about Jason, who's talking about New Line meets right. you know. And it's a movie that stuff. we saw in theaters, so it's kind of like you know. So I just mean, let me know when you're ready. Yeah, hit me with that music. With the fourth pick in the Friday the Thirteenth box set draft, Tyler Sablick is playing it safe. Hey. He's going with the second best movie in the franchise, arguably. I'm taking Jason Lives. This is uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Six. Um, not only is it some some days it's my favorite Friday Thirteenth really, movie. Really, you can't go wrong. You know, uh, just like you, I, I mix and match between part four and part six. I mean, they're, they're both just incredible. They're both slasher staples. But uh, the special features here, audio commentary from C.J. Graham, who to me is one of my favorite Jasons. Again, some days I think he's my favorite. Depends on what day the week is. C.J. Graham is a guy that we have to meet at some point because yeah. he's always going to Monster Manias and he's coming dressed as Jason. Like, I love a dude that embraces yeah. the Jason Voorhees and role. It's really a shame he only played him once. Like, yeah. I, like I know that we were blessed with Kane Hodder for the rest of the time, but I don't I don't want to take up your no. time. No, you're right, man. And, and it's also audio commentary from Tom Matthews. Uh, who, who, Tom. Tom Matthews, who of course plays Tommy Jarvis, and uh, is not a very good actor, but like he fits this movie so perfectly. He, like his bad acting kind of adds to the campiness. Yep. Um, and also, there's commentary from uh, writer director Tom McLaughlin, who we discovered in our uh, slasher rankings actually started out in the comedy world, which makes sense considering yeah. the level of campiness. It was the first movie. movie to to embrace that, and yes. really the rest of the franchise just kind of embraced it. Yeah. And uh, I mean that that's really it for the nuts and bolts of the of the special features but honestly with but, the quality of the movie and hearing from CJ Graham and Tom Matthews and director Tom McLaughlin man I'm on board. You're I I'm walking I, away with a perennial top yeah. 2 or 3 movie of the franchise just which, like, is, which is what you have to do. Yeah. Just like you took final chapter 3 overall I feel pretty safe with this one. Number 4 overall that's Jason Lives. All right. 
we're at the fifth pick. We're at the fifth pick. With the fifth pick in the Jason box set draft. I got a choice between two. I got to think of which one Ty won't pick after. <laughs> I'm going to go with Friday the 13th, part seven. The New Blood. Nice. Um, this is a wild card movie. I don't know what the f- special features are going to be like, but I know. But first of all, I'm getting the first movie w- with Kane Hodder. I'm getting commentary by Kane Hodder. I'm getting commentary by Car- John Carl Buecher. Great fucking name. And we've talked about him a lot when we did our top 50 rankings. I feel like that's his name that just yes. popped out. Um, slash scenes. So, the rumors are about this movie is that this movie has the most deleted scenes of any of the Friday 13th, of the Friday the 13th movies. Sorry, damn, your, your beer's fucking me up. Okay. Come on, Mike. So, I'm hoping with this movie, I get the scenes that we've been promised for years. You know, like, this movie was trimmed down a lot. Like, the versions that we've seen our whole life. I'm really hoping... That I get those, those gory blood scene, those those gory kill scenes, all the blood, all the sex. I just um, I'm very excited about this movie. I think this is a rewatchable movie. This is one of the more rewatchable ones in the franchise. I feel like it is the most underrated of the franchise. Definitely, and the only reason that it is underrated. It's 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 between one of the best movies of the franchise and probably the worst movie of the franchise. So it's yeah. kind of sandwiched in between those. Absolutely butchered by the MPAA. Absolutely butchered. Yeah. So I'm really so I'm taking a risk here because I feel like I, like I may it. watch the special features and be disappointed by the deleted scenes. But I'm willing to take that chance because I think this is a really solid fucking movie overall. I'm I'm gonna look at the inside. Oh. She beautiful, that, and and the inside uh, cover is beautiful with Kane Hodder. One of the best looking uh, versions of Jason, right there. Yeah, it's probably yeah, and the, yeah, it's the coolest version of yeah. him with the chain around the neck. Um, Love it. Very happy with my choice. So now we got Ty. With the Love it, pick. man. So that was number five overall, right? That's the New Blood, yes. part seven. With the sixth pick. In the Friday the Thirteenth box set draft, Tyler Sablik selects the original uh, the Friday original. the Thirteenth. That's the one. That's the, that's the two I was between. This was a pretty easy one for me. Um, again, one through four, they were rescanned in four K. You told me before the draft, Mike. I'm, I'm I'm sorry to use this against you, but you told yeah. me this is supposed to be the best looking one. Yeah, it's the oldest. So this movie in 4K should look fantastic. I mean, seeing like a modern version of, of a classic slasher that I know and love, uh, too much to resist. To me, this was a pretty easy pick at number six. Um, and it also comes with both the theatrical version and the uncut, which yeah, to me... this is one of the two of the movies that actually come with two discs. Yep. So you're getting two for one. You're getting the 4K version um, of a movie that came out in 1981. 1980. 1980. So it's um, that's it, man. There's audio commentary from director Sean S. Cunningham. I've I've, I've seen interviews with Cunningham. He was like the godfather of the whole franchise. Yeah, to know, me, he, you know, he's not much of a draw. For me, it's the 4K. For me, it's the uncut versus the theatrical. Yeah. So, yeah. And you mentioned how Part Seven may be a um, underrated version. It probably is the most underrated. Do you think that the original is also? 
un- underrated because yeah, because if you go to a Friday the Thirteenth fan and ask them what their favorite one is, most of them will probably say four or six. Some might say you know seven, two, three. But if someone says one, it's kind of like, oh, really? Like, oh, the first one? Yeah. And and it shouldn't be as surprising as it is. Right. Agreed. Right? It's only because it was pre-Jason. Right. Because it's not Jason uh, killing people. Because Jason's become such a figure and icon. I still love the movie, man. I watch it probably two or three times a year. So trust me. It's still a movie that I hold near and dear. Um, I would I would, I would, genuinely love to see this in 4K. So. Yeah. yeah very, uh, very, it's, very it's, happy with that pick. Alright, I'm about to fuck up your order, because you got one, you got three, I'm going to take part two. Alright, there yeah, it is. It's got the 4K, um, and I I appreciate the older movies, and right now four is the oldest one I have, so I kind of want something to go in that timeline, because uh, I've been on record saying I think parts one through four is like the perfect slasher storyline. Yep. Like they're, If you think about it, so not part one. But part two through four all all take place within like a day or two. It's almost like the Friday the Thirteenth trilogy. Yeah, yeah. When you go two through four, right? Um, so I at least wanted a part of that. I think my original plan was to get in and try and get, but you appreciate three more than I thought you would. Mm. So uh, you got that first overall. Um, <laughs> as far as the special features for for part two, there's really nothing special. It's actually probably the lowest amount of special features. It's really, all it really has is the trailer and TV spots and the radio spots, which I think are pretty cool because you kind of go back to 1981 That's and get to cool. see what radio and trailer spots are like. Uh, there's there's no commentary. What it says here is a podcast with Amy Steele. Podcast? Podcast. So, yeah, it says... Uh, By the way, great great final podcast girl. Podcast interview. What's that? Great final girl, Amy Steele. Amy Steele's probably one of the best yeah. final girls. She's... she's She's actually one that like actually like uh, defeats Jason like yeah. mentally. Psycho- yep. And they actually give her a storyline as being like a psychologist. Yeah. So it's not like she's just you know, so yeah. Um so we'll try and get her on like the that. podcast. That's a nice week. little addition there that it, that podcast with Amy Steele. Amy Steele, like yeah. Amy. So the special features may not be great, but I feel like they could actually that's something I'll definitely watch with Amy Steele. Um yeah. and I think that like radio spots from forty years ago are always cool. Yeah. Yeah, come see Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Yep. So I I uh, like my selection. You know where we're, we're I felt like that this was good value for where I'm picking right now. I like it, man. That is the seventh overall pick. Now we're on to eight. We're on to number eight. You let me know when I'm ready for the music. With the eighth pick in the in the Friday the Thirteenth box set in the two thousand eight, I'm thinking outside the box a little bit here, man. I can't believe I'm doing this, but the 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 intrigue is getting to me Jason a little Good. bit. I'm going Jason goes to it. hell. Yep. And uh, I'll give you one reason, and pretty much one reason only. It's giving us the threat, the threat, the. Let's try this for a third time. The <laughs> theatrical version. Which, to my knowledge, is the... Of an already gory... Probably yeah. the most goriest movie of the franchise. To my, to my knowledge, I'm fairly certain that's the only version of this movie I've ever seen. And it's it's easily the goriest of the franchise. Maybe maybe the remake isn't yeah. is in play there. But, but for a movie from 93? Oh yeah. My God. Very, very gory. 
um, outside the box in that sense from the Friday the Thirteenth franchise. Definitely, you know, definitely very gory up to that point in in relation to the other films in the franchise. Uh, but it's giving us the unrated version. I know I'm pretty certain I've never seen that. So you know, you're talking about a movie here that like literally shows a guy melt to the ground and turns into a puddle of goo and blood. Uh, so like if, if that is like you the, see a lady ripped in half while she's having yeah. sex with a stop sign yeah like. exactly yeah <laughs> so like if those are like the starting points you know you know keep, but I, wait there's more we yeah. actually have a disc that you know, that's more violent but wait there's more <laughs> scary movie yes um, but yeah man so I'm on board with that uh, interviews with Adam Marcus who was like how old at the time? He twenty three, maybe twenty two. He 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 was a film student. Um, yeah. He he said that this was a movie made by the fans for the fans, which ended yeah. up being shit. Well, that's garbage. That's like a lie. me and Ty right now are in the process of making a Friday Thirteenth movie that's yes. strictly for the fans. Yep. Uh, and Adam Marcus again was the it. director. Too young for this movie. But you still want to hear what he has to say about this? Interesting. Movie, right? Yeah, interested to hear his perspective. Mm-hmm. Interested to hear Keen Hodder's perspective on yeah. this movie, considering he's he barely in the movie. Role. Right. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, just, no, he plays the uh, guard, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, security guard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at this, at this point in the draft, I felt like this is no longer a reach and I'm very high, I, high upside. I'm just intrigued by the, uh, the unrated version of an already pretty gory and uh, ballsy movie. So I will be honest with you. It, it was between that and part two when I picked, Fair so enough. I probably would pick that next. So nice I'll pick T-Bone. All right. We're on to number nine. All right, I don't know what what pick we're at. We're at number nine, man. Number nine. You know what? I'm going to pull an audible. I was just looking at movies I might like. I'm going to go with the 2009 remake. Okay. Um, You know, I, I was between a couple ones, but then I realized this is a really solid fucking entry in the franchise. Um, yeah. It's a movie. I don't have to follow the storyline, really, um, of the movies I picked. Uh, I'm, I'm going to look at the special features now. Now, of course, there's some slashed scenes, which, of course, means deleted scenes. Um, now, I feel like the special features for this movie are going to be lame because this is the newest movie of the franchise. And I'm sure when this was out, you know, when, when, when they released this on DVD 10 or so years ago, it's probably the same features. Yep. Looking at the disc now, it looks like, you know, a 2010 CD and disc. At, um it's really just for the movie. Um, <laughs> well, this is the point in the draft where we're, uh, we're starting to got, settle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, th- I think Derek Mears is the scariest Jason. Um, I think it's a solid fucking movie overall. Uh, oh, never mind. I'm looking at the special features now. There's both the original version and the extended unrated cut. And we're talking... this Now, if Jason goes to hell... It's got to be a tie between this and Jason Goes to Hell as the most goriest. Um, but there is without a, no way, without a doubt, this movie has the best tits. Yeah, I don't know what and you're talking about. I'm gonna, I, I, know, I know what I'm talking about, and I'm going to take this home with me and watch it later. All right, man. By the way, we said there was 14, there's 12. So there's only three. No, movies. no, there's 12 movies. Oh, gotcha. But there's a booklet and a special features uh, disc. So understood. we're going to walk away with seven features. So. Gotcha, man. So we're at pick number, uh, we're at pick number 10. All right. With the ninth pick in the Friday 13th box set draft. Okay. And boy, was I torn between a couple movies here. I went with Friday the 13th, 
part eight, Jason Takes Manhattan. Easily one of the most panned, hated movies of the franchise. I would like to hear your reasoning for this. Well, here's the thing, dude. I I have always liked this movie more than any. It's probably the movie that we've seen the most, right? Yeah. Like, I, I feel like it's the most. I completely on AMC for some reason. I am totally fine admitting that this movie is a steaming pile of dog shit. I have such it's a, a great cover. I have yeah, such yeah. a soft spot for this movie and what what it could have been, and also what it is. So. <laughs> Um, I was between this and I, I'm. Uh, you'll probably take the you know the one I was the other one I was thinking of next, but I don't know. I, I have a soft spot for this man. It comes with uh, audio commentary with director Rob Hedden. You know, you know Rob Hedden. When they talk in hindsight, I feel like that they're gonna be real about the movie. Yeah, which kind of you know it's, it's cool. And there's audio commentary with Kane Hodder, of course. I yeah. would, I would, I would like to. I would. I'm at least semi interested to hear what he would it, say about this movie. It's a crazy thing that like that was only his second movie as Jason, and yeah. like he's become so well liked and known. And that his third was only Jason Goes to Hell. And here's the thing. That's it's, crazy. And here's the thing. There's a, there's a feature called New York Has a Problem: The Making of Friday Thirteenth Part Eight. So, what you the see, what I'm, the fuck went wrong? Somebody. Like, where was the disconnect between the marketing and the actual right. product? Because there was, obviously, we've spoken about this at Knowledgeum at this point, but, like, it was marketed like this entire movie was going to take place in New York City. It's really the last 30 minutes. So, at least this will give me a little insight as to what the hell happened here. It, Like I said, it's a movie, it's a bad movie that I actually still really enjoy. I'm not ashamed to admit that. I know no. most people hate this movie. But, you know... At least maybe that special feature will give me a little bit insight. It would be to cool to see here. some like a behind the scenes of Jason walk like like in costume walking in right. like a Times Square if they were able to get that. Now, do you think these special features because it's a Blu-ray box set and people paid good money for this, Mike? These special features are probably pretty honest, don't you think? Oh don't, yeah. Don't you think they'll get yeah, into? Yeah, because like it's all in like hindsight. I yeah. feel like yeah. so. Yeah. They're not no, gonna be, they're not gonna pamper anybody's ass. Right. All right, so me and Ty are down to two movies and two. I hope you so take the one I don't want. Booklet. I, I, I'm probably not. I'm probably gonna go. All, I'm probably doing the one that you want me to take. I'm gonna go with Friday Thirteenth Part Five. Um, you know, I don't hate this movie. It's not awful. It's really not that bad of a movie, I don't think. And I'm looking at the special features, and they're long. Now, of course, the auto commentary is not the reason why I'm taking it. I don't, I don't want to listen to the actors like Melanie Kinnaman and Deborah Voorhees and Tiffany Helm. I don't know who the fuck they are. But I will hear some audio commentary from Danny Steinman, who directed some pornos back in his day. Yeah, he sure did. And who has since passed away, I think. Yes. Um, so, an actress, John Shepard, who played the original Tommy Jarvis. Yeah. Maybe they'll bring up some reason why he wasn't brought back. As you know, and why he got beat up by Thom Matthews. Um, Five is always a movie I kind of asked. This was the first Friday the Thirteenth movie I ever saw. It's crazy. No, no shit. And like that's a that's like a terrible way to start the franchise. I'm so shocked. I'm a fan of the franchise. It's an imposter, Jason. (laughs) Literally, like 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 I can't think of a worse movie to start with than with this movie. Um, Comes with a trailer. Comes with a gallery. You know, nothing special about this uh, features, and maybe I'm regret I'm like I'm regretting it a little bit, but and out of all the movies, this probably has the worst case. I mean, you can see it now, like it's a picture of like a fake like a Tommy Jarvis with a fake knife, and 
shitty mask. Now, the, the uh, covers on the rest of these movies are really sick. This probably has the worst one. It is a little but, strange, isn't it? It feels, yeah. out, of, it feels out of it's place. Like, it really is. Yeah, it's like made by like uh, China or something. Like The rest were made like... <laughs> it's like you got, you got the bootleg, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, but part five is always a movie I'll kind of have a spa, uh, soft spot for. Um, I It's a movie I don't hate. It kind of still has like the old you know, um, 80s feel, which is why I, yeah. I, I, I didn't pick this movie that's left. Sure. Um, and I kind of wanted it to go with part four and five, which is what I have. So that's why I, I went with it. All right, man. And that leaves me to take the, uh, hey, give me the noise. Yeah, no, you got the noise. Hold on. We're on to Mr. Irrelevant, right? Yeah. Nah, not technically. I mean, for for a movie-wise, yeah. Sure, sure. Last Which pla- is crazy, because it's definitely not, not the worst. Number 12. I'll let you in on a little secret, man. This is the movie I wanted between, yeah. the, between the last two. Yeah. No, I I, okay. uh, I knew it was. It's Jason X. And uh, this is a weird franchise, I guess, where I just have soft spots for really... Jason X is definitely a better movie than Part 5, probably. Yeah, well, part five, but like with my collection, I'm trying to go with like older movies. It's probably with a, a mix. Yeah, you know, you made the. I right like feeling like if I took X, then I would have had too too many recent movies. Well, here's the thing: the older the movie, probably the more special the features will feel. Right. Because you're See, really now. Getting... Now I'm just trying to explain myself for a second, and and no then problem. I'll let you go. Um, if I would have taken X, then I would have had Freddy vs Jason, the uh, remake, and and that. Yeah. So I feel like I would have had too many. I would have had the three most recent. Fair enough. I kind of wanted it to go back to the 80s. For that so aspect. Y- your boy ended up with Jason Goes to Hell, Jason Takes Manhattan, and Jason X. I don't Jason know. Goes to Space, Jason Goes to New York. Wow. Yeah. I don't know how that happened. But anyway, um, this was not high on my list. This is a movie. I was I was Uber Jason, Jason X for Halloween for three years in a row. So I, I have I mean, a soft... You were in your mid-20s. <laughs> yeah, a couple years ago. But no, I mean, I, I have a soft spot for the movie... It's, uh, the special features, I will admit, are not good. And that's why it was not high on my, my draft list here. I don't think that's something that we focus on with special features. Is yeah. Interviews with producer. movies wherever we want. But. Interview with producer Sean S. Cunningham. Uh, naturally, the director. To see what the hell he was thinking. The Godfather. Not the hell he was thinking, but to and go I'll, in such a drastic. Well, first of all, interview with producers Sean S. Cunningham and Noel Cunningham. Is that his daughter or his wife? His son? It could also be his guy's name. So I guess we'll find out there, and uh, there's also the, uh, by any means necessary, the making of Jason X, that is the title uh, for that. So we'll get a little bit of insight as to, uh, you know, what was going on behind the minds of uh, the people that wanted to take Jason into space. So that's our last draft pick there, that is Jason X. That's it, man. Let's let's recap what we got. Give me your, uh, what'd you walk away with? All right, I'm going to try and go in order. So what I got... Not not by draft pick, but by of the year that they came out. So I got no go by draft pick. Go by draft pick. Okay. Yeah. So so I win first. So let me start. Let me let me give you my first pick. Yeah. Let's recap the draft order. Okay. So with the first overall pick, we went. I went with uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. Okay. And with my second pick, I went with Freddy vs Jason. And my third pick, I went with Friday the Thirteenth Part Four, the final chapter. Okay. And fourth overall, I went. Uh, Friday thirteenth, part six, Jason lives. And my next pick was Friday the thirteenth, part seven, the new blood. Uh, my next pick, which was the sixth overall, that's the original Friday the thirteenth. And I went with its sequel, Friday the thirteenth, part two. All right, my next pick 
was uh, Jason Goes to Hell, and that is eight overall. All right, and I went with Friday the 13th, the 2009 remake. My 10th overall, Jason Takes Manhattan, part eight. And my last pick was Friday the 13th, part five, A New Beginning. All right, and then the last pick, number 12. I feel okay with that. Jason, for, no, for being that's number a solid 12, pick, yeah. I feel okay with that. It's Jason X. You really can't go wrong. So to recap my order, I have Freddy vs. Jason. Friday the 13th, The Final Chapter, Part 4, Friday the 13th, Part 7, Friday the 13th, Part 2, Friday the, thir- the 13th Remake, and Friday the 13th, A New Beginning, Part 5. Yes, sir, and I am Friday the 13th, Part 3. I think I threw a little bit of a curveball at you there, man. You did. And, uh, I, I fucking love it. Followed it up with Jason Lives, Part 6, Friday the 13th, The Original, uh, Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday, a movie I don't necessarily like, but I was intrigued by the uh, the features by there. The double disc, yeah. Yeah, man. The, uh, Jason Takes Manhattan was my next pick, part eight. Jason X, my last pick. So we'll do a Twitter poll, see who has the uh, better uh, draft. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, I All just right. want to, we should thank everybody, man. We've been a little inconsistent with this podcast. We will, we will continue to be inconsistent, probably. We've been busy, okay? But here's the thing, dude. Our ratings, our, our views are going well, up. They've, they've actually people have been listening in our absence, which tells me that people actually li- want to hear us. It's crazy. And I'm not kidding. I, I'm not even. I'm not even bullshitting. So, <laughs> and it's not like our moms or no, like our I family mean, member. Like, I mean, we've we've had episodes. We've had a couple episodes take quite the spike in, in views. So, thank you to everybody that's listening. And if you've made it to the end of this very long episode, this is our longest episode by far, right? Yeah, we've had some well, beers. Yeah, you know, it's been a two months it's me and mike are, had a lot to catch up on me and mike are catching up we had a good time uh we hope that you guys are having a good time too and again we appreciate you and we'll talk to you guys soon